0: This is The Rich Eisen Show. How you
1: doing? Good, Dan. How about you?
0: (laughs) No complaints. No
1: complaints. Um, Uh, That's good. We don't want to hear him anyway, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll wrap it up for this show. Live from The Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. That's a fact. (laughs) We, we don't it. want to hear the complete. Earlier on the
2: show, Tennessee State head coach Eddie George. Coming up, senior writer for Sports Illustrated Michael Rosenberg. NFL network analyst Bucky Brooks. Plus, WWE chief brand officer Stephanie McMahon. And now, it's Rich Eisen.
0: Okay, everybody, welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show, hour number two. If you're just joining us, you missed Eddie George, the new head coach of the Tennessee State University football program. Um, great uh, great hire there. He's just a great human on the planet and uh, a molder of men at uh, the HBCU uh, in the great state of Tennessee, and it was a great uh, conversation. If you missed it, go to our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Show. Bucky Brooks in hour number three with the evaluation that we're all going to see finally come out in the wash uh, two weeks from last night. At this point in uh, in, uh, in half a month, we'll know the answers to the NFL draft we've been posing for weeks and the questions that we've already had answered, leading to more questions of like the, what the 49ers are going to do, what the Falcons are going to do, what they should do, and the evaluation of all of that. And Bucky Brooks will join us, Stephanie McMahon, in hour number three as well, the chief brand officer of... WWE will be joining us here on the show Um, and in terms of the evaluation the the grinding of tape that's going on right now and then a parsing of every single fact about a kid's life on the field off the field in the classroom in the film room all of this the fascination involving uh, Justin Fields and the conversations that might be Going on in Santa Clara, California about this young man after his second pro day, Mac Jones as well. Trey Lance, what can be translatable for somebody who's played at his level to the next level and so on and so forth. The one guy who's had zero of that, I mean zero of that because of what we've seen on the field at Clemson University and beyond is Trevor Lawrence. And the quotes in Sports Illustrated, if they were uttered by anybody in this draft, not named Trevor Lawrence, without a doubt, would give many people pause. Like his uh, head high school coach saying, well, you know, he could quit football now and that's no big deal. (laughs) You know, and he's got nothing to prove, according to Trevor Lawrence. If it was attributed to Justin Fields, there would be five alarm fires in every single spot and the talent evaluation community and then the media on top of it. If Josh Rosen had said those things just a couple of years ago, same deal. So what does make Trevor Lawrence tick and all of that and the conversations that have come out of the piece in Sports Illustrated written by Michael Rosenberg, who joins us here right now? How are you, sir?
3: I am great. Greetings from a little town called Ann Arbor, Michigan. I think you're familiar with
0: you. Look at you. So that is pretty cool um thank you for that i appreciate that how did you get uh to know trevor lawrence or cross paths with him or when did you first do that to gain the trust for the access that you received in this piece michael
3: you know uh it was an an ongoing uh discussion with the agency which is how this usually goes and and just kind of i didn't really know where the story was going until i Started talking to people. I, I didn't know a ton about him for someone who's been in the spotlight that long, and it was kind of weird because I was listening to the, the tape of the interview. And I swear, my first question was about this very topic of, of you don't seem like you've got that chip on your shoulder. So I don't, I don't even remember. Might have been his parents or his high school coach who had said something that, that, that said that. But uh, I, I thought what was telling to me was that he didn't mind. I said to him, I was like, you know, people are going to take this the wrong way. He's like, yeah, I know. I don't really care. And, and I told him what the story would be and And he was fine with it, so uh I didn't really know how people would react I'm, I'm not sure how urban Meyer would react, but uh he is who he is, and he's pretty comfortable with it
0: so um how long did you spend with him how often how would you would you do
3: uh well, we did the photo shoot and a video, and then it was about an hour interview, and uh a couple of questions. Um, that I asked him later on with that, and I talked to his parents and his brother for a while. His brother I could have just kept talking to for weeks, I would say. He was a lot of fun. <laughs>
4: um,
3: and, and you know, uh, it just went back and forth uh, until, you know, when you do a story like this, it's not about, um, you know, it's just about trying to kind of portray people as they are, and if they're comfortable with how they are, then usually everybody is kind of pleased with the result. And, and I have not heard back, but but I felt like I portrayed him as he was.
0: Okay, and so who is he?
3: He is just somebody who loves football, has always loved every aspect of it, and is not motivated by anger. He's not motivated by insecurity, by fear. He just likes playing. And, and, you know, I think for anyone who's kind of successful in their career, you know, for most of us that, that feel like we've been successful, you have that stretch, I'd say, when you're starting out where you kind of You might see enemies all over the place, and eventually you get to this place where you're like, you know what, I know what I'm doing, I'm comfortable with who I am, and and it kind of becomes process over result, and I just think Trevor Lawrence, for whatever reason, got to that place about 10 years before most other people do, uh, which I think is refreshing. Now, what that bodes for his NFL career 10 years down the road, uh, nobody really knows, and I kind of raised that question in the piece, you know, I mean, if he's had several concussions and broken bones and he, it hurts to get up in the morning. Is he going to say my life would be better off without football? I mean, I think he's more likely to say that, uh, than someone who says they live and die with it and can't imagine life without it. But I don't assume that will happen either. I would just have to see.
0: Mike, Michael Rosenberg, senior writer of sports illustrated here on the rich Eisen show. And that's part of this whole deal with the, the talent evaluation portion of the NFL calendar, as I've seen it over the years at two decades. Damn. Now, uh, The hand-wringing, like, you know, could he be the next Andrew Luck? Does he really even love football? You know, all of that, like the conversations that you hear uh, when it involves wide receivers, linebackers, corners, tackles, who are just like, well, they're smart. They're into other things than football. Can we really trust, like, that guy who's going to stick with the program for five, ten years for that evaluation? And it just drives me nuts. So now here's somebody who's like, yeah, you know, um, I'm not motivated by having to prove anything and, you know, high school coach like, yeah, like football is important to him, but it's not the end of everything. It's refreshing to hear, but the fact that there's no blowback is because why? What we've seen over the last several years from Clemson, right, Michael?
3: Yes, exactly. He, he, this, there's, there are not questions about his ability to play and that's why he can kind of say this and not worry that he's going to, you know, end up being the 25th pick instead of the first pick. Right. He's just, He's too good, so he can say it. And and, and I think he'll, he'll never say that, but obviously he knows that. You know, he knows what he's done. He knows where he's going. He knows uh, the power, I guess, that he has over his own career. Uh, and when you have that kind of power, you almost don't have to exercise it. You can just kind of let it sit there and everybody knows. And, and that was the sense I got from him is, you know, he's just he's not worried about it because whatever anyone says about this is not going to affect his career.
0: So, how do you think, gleaned from just makeup and the conversation that you had, how, how do you think he is going to handle losing, uh, especially since he's got a head coach who's not used to it either? How do you think that's going to work, Michael?
3: Well, it's weird. You know, he has never lost, really. I mean, going back to high school, which is, I know that's true of, of, of a number of guys that, that, that go to top programs, but it's, it's kind of extreme in his case. And yet, when I talked to him about the, the the occasions when he did lose, and you can really kind of go over every single game in the right. last seven years because there just weren't that many losses, you know, he's kind of okay by the time his his head hits the pillow that night. I, I think that's sort of the, the the being at peace with himself. Um, he kind of it's weird. He said he really believes they're going to win all the way to the end of the game, and then sometimes looks back uh, as with the playoff game this year and thinks, well, obviously that was that was over before I thought it was. But he still kind of believes, and then when it ends. He's okay knowing he'd put everything into it. So uh, I wouldn't worry about how Trevor Lawrence is going to handle losing. I would definitely worry about how Urban Meyer is going to handle losing. Uh, and I think Urban Meyer knows that and he's worried about that. But I think Trevor's going to be okay.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's really nothing that, um, you know, that leaps out at you with anything remotely close to a red flag at all. So basically, what Jacksonville's getting is a supremely gifted individual who doesn't take anything personally off the field to his personal life and focuses like a champ when it comes time to be a professional. Is that really what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to get, Michael?
3: Yeah, I think that's exactly what they're getting. <laughs> I think they're getting somebody who's, who's coming in with probably the ability and the maturity of somebody who's been in the league for five or 10 years. And that's, that. that's a hard thing to find obviously. And, and everybody knows about how, how good he is. So, uh, the big thing for Jacksonville, I-, I think as it relates to comments in these stories, but also just as it relates to on the field, it's the same thing. you got to protect your quarterback, right? And and don't let him be in that position Andrew Luck was in where he's saying, I have just had my body destroyed. This isn't worth it anymore. I mean, it's going to happen to some degree because it's football, but uh, just protect him. Be happy you got him. Be, be happy that... Uh, I'm not going to mention the team because it'll hurt your feelings. Uh, uh, didn't end up with the number one pick, and 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 see how far you can take this ride.
0: What about the sense that if the that uh, that team that you just said shall not be mentioned uh, had gotten him, the sense was that he, you know, he in New York wouldn't have been a great fit. Did you get any sense of that at all?
3: You know, I I don't really understand. That confuses me a little because then there there are guys that go to New York as we know who enjoy it a little too much, right? And they're on the back page all the time and, and they're on page six and and it's an issue. So now you've got a guy who's, you know, twenty one, just got married, uh, doesn't have the, the most active social life, just loves football and, and getting along with people. I don't understand to me that's that's somebody who can handle New York, you know. I, I don't know if he would love it. I think he would figure it out. I mean I don't. I don't think that would have been as big an issue. To me, the guys that are, are going to be in, in trouble there, like I think, I look at Baker Mayfield. Can You imagine with all the comments he's made, hmm. uh, that relationship with the media, and he's obviously had some issues in Cleveland. How that would go in New York? Like that's the kind of person that to me would struggle in New York, even though he would say he loves it. I think someone like Trevor Lawrence, who doesn't need that spotlight, actually would do quite well there.
0: I mean, Jets fans would have bought stuff off his wedding registry, like the Jacksonville fans have done. I mean, they they, you know, <laughs> they would have done that. I love.
3: That. I love how he registered. As though he cannot afford new sheets.
0: Well, well I mean, it's, that's just a, a normal thing for people to do. You know what I mean? Like, you know, like, let's just be normal. That's what people who get married, it's certainly when you're age 21. You know, I, I know that not 21-year-olds aren't about to go hit it in terms of a massive guaranteed contract with huge potential nine-figure, if not 10, if it all goes right, earning potential. But just, it just seems like from what your piece is and just seems like a normal dude who's going to Duval County and it's going to be the hopes of a fan base that's fervent in their love for the team. And, and he'll become an international star, too, man, because, as you know, Jacksonville has got a, a large footprint in London with their owner in those international games. No doubt about it. Like it's a good spot for him, it seems.
3: Yeah, I think it is. I don't, I don't think, you know, again, he, he, it's in the story, but I, I don't think he was too caught up with where he was going. I don't think he's too caught up in, in all that stuff. And, you know, the other part of this, I mean, he's going to change. I mean, everybody changes over time. And, and what form that takes, uh, I can't really say, but but I, I would be more comfortable taking him than, than a lot of the guys that you see come in that, that have all these other issues or, or unresolved insecurities and all these things. I mean, I feel like it's about as close to a sure thing as you can get, uh, personality-wise, as Trevor Lawrence.
0: Well, I just remember, I think I might have learned it right there on that in that city, Michael Rosenberg, Sports Illustrated's Michael Rosenberg, a couple minutes left with him. Uh, I might have learned it in that city that you're calling me from, Ann Arbor, Michigan, um, where I was taught when you're writing something, um, it's usually too long, and you need to cut something down, and the first thing you should look for is something that you think is so crucial to the piece or it's your favorite story or your favorite aspect of a piece you should remove that i think the phrase is called it's your little darlings when you're writing something so what was that for this piece is there something that hit the floor that you want to give you know, us right I would here
3: say, I, I would say probably an hour an hour and a half into my conversation with his brother chase i finally had to say i'm just going to be clear this story is not actually about you because <laughs> i could have done that i mean it was, he's just he's he's just a lot of fun i mean i know he, he looks like a character but uh i just love that he just and i did squeeze this in there he's like i i don't understand these people He's like i like football now i enjoy it but i i can't understand these people that watch the game and they don't know somebody who's playing you know and i i'm thinking roger goodell must be happy that there is an audience out there that does not need to know the players personally uh to buy tickets or watch on tv because that would that would hurt the revenue so Ah, uh, there was quite a bit about Chase. I would say, I, I, I his whole high school years, his whole his views on religion. I mean, we went got into a lot of stuff that um, was kind of too far off the spine of the story with with Trevor Lawrence. But uh, I do think having an older brother that was that different, and there was no sibling rivalry, and it sort of the unspoken effect of that was that you're not going to think football is all that matters to anyone in the world because you're living with someone you're close to, somebody who just has a moderate interest in it, and. And I think that did a lot for Trevor without anyone really trying to.
0: So his older brother has a moderate interest in football, is what you're saying?
3: He ha- he has a, a huge interest in his brother, and sure. I don't think that he will be watching games from uh, 1 p.m. until midnight on Sundays.
0: No kidding. Well, let's not talk about him anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I don't think he's going to take your job. I think you're safe. No,
0: it's all good. But that's uh, an interesting profile. Um, the hearts uh, of Jacksonville and and all the fans there in, in Duval County, Florida, are, are are counting on him. And uh, and otherwise, without without him, Herb, Urban Meyer is going to be talking college football on TV. This is the reason why the Urban's coming out of co-
3: out of retirement. Uh, period. Did you talk to Urban a lot? I did not talk. I did not talk to Urban for this. And, and you know, it, it, I did imagine what he thought while he was reading these quotes because I don't think, you know, Urban's the kind of guy that, you know, he has a parking lot attendant, are you with us or against us, you know? So that, that's sort of how he views the world. But right. uh, I, I kind of think Lawrence will actually be good for him because this is somebody who's going to be a good kind of liaison between the head coach and, and, and the other pros and, as, as Urban makes his adjustment. And uh, I think that'll be good. But yeah, no doubt they got different personalities.
0: Appreciate the time, Michael. Great piece. Much appreciated. Lots of people talking about it. Great buzz. Two weeks right before the draft. I appreciate the call. Thank you so much, Rich. You got it. That's Michael Rosenberg, the author of the piece on Trevor Lawrence that's got a lot of people talking. I don't think Urban's reading this piece thinking I should have stayed it on TV. (laughs) No. Honestly, like, in a football, loves football, family's not all about it. He can put his head on the pillow at the end of a night of a loss, but he can also recall the number of times he's done that in his entire life. And the number of times he's done it in his entire life could be eclipsed by the number of losses he has by Thanksgiving. And we'll, we'll see how that all goes. Maybe, maybe October. And so he is, um, he is a unicorn. Married at 21, coming in the pros, ready to roll. One of the best talents you've seen in college football, throwing, passing, tall, strong. Damn it, the Jets should have just lost every friggin' game this
2: year. And I I, I knew I, I... You sucked back in. You, you had flip-flopped. No, I hadn't flip-flopped. No, but I mean, flip-flopped in the sense that you were no. all in on Wilson and you no. were ready and you no. accepted no. your no. fate.
0: No, what it is, is tunnel vision. We're all in it. Every Jet fan's in it. We're all in. it. Watching BYU pro days. Getting ready to learn about Mormons. <laughs> Seriously. Like trying to trying to uh, honestly we're we're all should, we're in we're in we're in we're in cuz that's the guy we're going to get.
2: Should should we get so, Mitt Romney on the show just to
0: just to give us a yeah, give just us, to, like, bring a, us up like, to speed? Yeah, just
2: to, you know a
5: I, think he's a Mormon bit, I think he's a little
0: too busy for that. Okay. Yeah. Um but honestly like so I'm, like, not thinking about that. That's the way that ship passed. Like, I right. I went through a morning when the Jets came here to Los Angeles and beat the Rams and then still held out hope somehow that Gardner Minshew would pull off some sort of <laughs> Smokey sure. and the Bandit type, you know, crazy magic. And We haven't
2: even talked about his photos recently. I know. <laughs> but.
0: And so just thinking he could pull one of them off, just one of them. And then the Jets went ahead and beat the Browns because yeah. the Browns, 19 of them got COVID. Right. And, and then decided with wide receivers that had never played the game to throw it 50 times instead of handing it off to their dynamite running. I mean, don't even get me started. <laughs> be careful. So then, But then I, I went through, and I told you though, Chris, I told you, I told the audience at the time, I told everyone that it's still going to be difficult to watch Trevor Lawrence hold up the jersey with Roger Goodell. And the fact that he's going to spare me that actual vision in person because he's staying at home, right. which Michael Rosenberg's piece gives you an idea as to, that's a no-brainer decision for him. That's what he would do. Certainly since I'm sure there's a limit on the number of people that could be brought to Ohio and participate because of you know what's going on in the world. But I told you it was still going to be tough. And when the Jets take on Whomever, (laughs) if Zach Wilson isn't the guy, it'll all be eyes, all eyes on Jacksonville. And I truly mean it. The guy's going to be an international star. The Jaguars are the team of London in the same way that we here in America never understood why the French loved Jerry Lewis so much, even though many of us did. But he was literally the Charlie (laughs) Chaplin of France. The Jaguars are the team of London for there's a lot of people in London who love all NFL teams and are very passionate about all NFL teams. It's like, you know, the United Nations like a Benetton commercial when people walk into Wembley, they're wearing everybody's jersey. But Jacksonville is front and center in the mind's eye of of the international community and It's t- it's going to be tough. And when I hear, like, what a unicorn he is, he would have been perfect for New York. I don't want to hear any of that garbage. Eli Manning, married young, fresh, you know, great stock. He was great in New York. Let everything roll off his back. Sounds like what this kid's going to do. And all he's got to speak to is, like, one newspaper. <sighs> All right, I'm putting up a poll question. <laughs> no, it's just what? Like, is Rich going to go crazy between no. now and the draft? No. Because <laughs> Zach met? Wilson is the guy that the Jets fans are all in on. We're all in on it. We're learning about him. But every now and then when we talk about Trevor Lawrence, it's going to be like, what the hell? That could have been it. And Zach Wilson needs to – he'll be battling that eventually too. He's got a lot on his plate. But if he doesn't – if he turns out to be the next Sam Darnold who turned out to be the next – you can't even say he was the next Mark Sanchez out of USC, because Sanchez made two AFC Championship games in back-to-back years. Yeah. Darnold didn't even come see him and sniff the playoffs. Last time the Jets sniffed the playoffs was when Fitzmagic had a turnover palooza in Western New York against the Bills in Week 17 of that year. palooza. <laughs> <turn> yeah. <laughs> not even Fitzmagic worked for the Jets. He won all 10 16 games. games I know that.
2: I know that. I know. All right. So at Richard show 11. poll question: Who makes the playoffs first? Jaguars with Lawrence, Jets with Zach Wilson.
0: Come on, you know what the answer to a poll question like that's going to be.
2: Come no on, I, No, I don't.
0: All right. The Cowboys. Oh, wait, they won't. Uh, you want to talk about them? We could do that next. Always. <laughs> All right, let's go higher register next. Let's do that. Oh, right. It's always fun. Sweet. We got to go higher register to believe what we want to say in our sports takes. That's next on The Rich Eisen Show. on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets
3: This is the Rich Eisen Show.
0: Only fitting that you're clutching a bottle of Gatorade right now. Only fitting. Because I do believe it was the first time that we met. I'm going to bring this up. It was in the city of Houston. That's right. It was the first ever Super Bowl the NFL Network had ever covered. It was Tom Brady beating the Carolina Panthers eventually. But you and the entire Manning family strolled into the Gatorade suite before heading uh hit the sack one night. Yeah, Correct? That was it. And who did you hear singing karaoke in the Gatorade suite that night? It was a beautiful voice. What do you say like voice. in terms of It was be- like
1: an angel bringing us in mm-hmm. and there walk in and we see see Rich Eisen mm. karaoke dominating. <laughs> 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 to basically by the way nobody else in the room right? <laughs> Just solo. Just, you know, you get a little practice. Wow. There was my, me and my buddy. There was nobody else. What, uh, what song, Eli? Uh, That's a good question. Sinatra. Sinatra? I forget which one it was. Okay. You well, know, I mean, New, New, New York. Did New you York, have to ask? Or, yeah. Seriously, it was me and my buddy. <laughs> And <laughs> I remember. It. We walked in, and uh, yeah, we joined. Now, but we joined right in. Did you? You did sing, right? You guys all did get on think, the mic. I think we got up there. You know, I, we can't turn that down. No, I know. Right. And I, it was it, honestly me. It was obviously like pre-cell phone. Like mean, I mean, you had yes, cell phone, right. but pre, like you no know, one had a camera. You don't, you don't worry about anybody filming. Yeah, so there's no video. Get up and sing. You saw karaoke. You sang. You that's don't think it. about. You don't think twice. It was just the moment. Yeah, that's the it. moment. You didn't have to memorialize it.
0: <laughs> it was me, and my buddy Doug and then it was i think your entire family yeah, right? the whole crew yeah your mom and your um, dad yep. you and you and uh, Peyton and copper
1: yeah exactly <laughs> uh, and um what do you have
0: a go-to karaoke song, you
1: Eli? At all? It's changed over the years, obviously. Has it really? you can, yeah, okay. you kind of go with the times. Uh, you know, Footloose has always been one. You really? know, just because you can kind of dance with it. But no. now, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to do karaoke now. Mm. You're just kind of worried. You know, people are filming all the time. Then they judge, and you know, I get, I get judged <laughs> enough. I don't need to be judged on, on my on my singing ability. That's you know, that's that's for fun. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, everybody's made it too serious.
0: YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for our entire archive. If you are watching us on... Well, you're watching... We are talking to Peacock. So the audience out there, if you want to watch us on desktop, you can. PeacockTV.com is how you can watch us on your desktop computer every single day. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Uh, Bucky Brooks will be joining us top of the third hour. Uh, honestly, like, uh, the only person... Uh, it, Greg Cosell is the only one who's like, you know what? I've looked at the film for Trevor Lawrence, and there's a couple of things.
2: Didn't call him a generational talent. No, yeah, like so many. And then there's have.
0: Zach Wilson, and him. There's someone like there's one A, one B. Eight four four two zero four is the number to dial here uh, on the Rich Eisen show. Let's talk. Um, let's talk goats, shall we? Big day in goats. April big 16th. Big Goat who knew, Day. Who
2: knew April 16th was a Big Goat a big Day? Go, I mean, two Patriots goats.
0: Well, yeah. And also, uh, on this day, it was announced um, that Kobe Bryant is going to be presented for induction in Springfield, Massachusetts, at the Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, posthumously inducted. The person who's inducting him and making the announcement and making the speech is Michael Jordan. Amazing. I mean, right? is kind of the only person to do it from the basketball world.
2: It's going to be Saturday, May 15th.
0: So that is going to be a special day, to say the least. Michael Jeffrey Jordan posthumously inducting Kobe Bryant into the Basketball Hall of Fame. Words back in 1996 nobody could ever say with anything, but you've got to be kidding me. But life is... Quite the twists and turns sometimes. Could you imagine?
2: Unbelievable. I, I, it
0: still doesn't feel compute, right. It doesn't It doesn't, it doesn't right. compute it that doesn't, he's not with us, the manner in yeah. which he passed, and the fact that he's not with us, and just wondering what he would think about everything that's going on in the world. Everything. And, um,
2: and then every time you're on Instagram, I know for me, and you, you scroll by something Vanessa posts. Right. And just another piece of your heartbreaks. I know. It's gut-wrenching.
0: Jordan was moving at the memorial here in Staples.
2: And that was one thing we had no idea that they were that close. I know I didn't. That hit me with a huge shock to see Mike get emotional like that during the memorial.
0: So that was announced today that on May 15th, Jordan is going to posthumously induct Kobe Bryant into the Basketball Hall of Fame where he will live forever. On this day, um, in the year 2000, 21 years ago today, the Patriots sent in the 199th overall selection to Radio City Musical. Hall. Phoned it in! We want... Tom Brady, quarterback, University of Michigan. That was 21 years ago today. Wow. And um, Brady tweeted out, big day. My NFL career can legally buy a beer. 21 years ago.
2: Drink that avocado tequila.
0: <laughs> Boy, this the whole.
2: Look at that guy.
0: I mean, I can't believe they used to have at the combine guys stand there in their shorts next to an easel with their the height guy, and weight yeah, and name rules. next to it, just standing there. That was ended by Roger Goodell. They used to have the guys come out, stand in their skivvies on a on a scale and get me- weighed and f- height me- measured in front of everybody in a room. And uh, Goodell was like, what are we doing here? This can be done in private. Yeah, Bananas. This does not need to be a, uh, a parade of players in their underwear standing in front of a room full of people. So 21 years ago today is when everything changed. And by everything, I don't just mean the New England Patriots organization, but the birthday boy who on that day turned 48 years old a 48-year-old head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick, no idea what they were getting. None. No, zero. None. Zero. The one person who knew was the kid who was walking around the block had to leave the house because his name wasn't mentioned yet. You know? consoled by his parents, consoling his parents as well. As we heard in the Brady Six documentary, where you see a guy who's already had won three championships at the time of that documentary,
1: hmm.
0: had already, if I'm not mistaken, married his supermodel wife, starting a family, had already won.
2: It was already like a, a Hall
0: of Famer. I mean, already a Hall of Famer. <laughs> three rings, three rings, one shy of his idol in Joe Montana, in the conversation with Joe Montana, had already won. Getting teary-eyed about the disappointment of he and his parents of not hearing his name called 21 years ago today until 199th overall. And that chip on his shoulder leads to the 40 four-year-old man that we will see this fall he turns I know when he turns 44 he he has the same birthday as my wife he does and um leads to that man still wanting to play football
2: signing an extension
0: signing an extension I think Tom wants to play in 10 Super Bowls I think he wants I mean pardon win. me. I think he wants to play in twelve Super Bowls. He wants to oh. win ten if he can. That would be three more. But I think he wants to play in twelve. That's T B twelve. His system is called P T B twelve. I think he wants to play in twelve. Two more. And then if he gets to nine, I'll think do I do I get to 10? And you could sit here and say, that's never going to happen because of how old he is. And I would look at you and say, what is your malfunction? How could you say anything about this guy? Yeah. Never. And, and he's, ch- he's changed the NFL. He's changed the NFL. When he was drafted 21 years ago today, the standard was four Super Bowl wins. That was the standard. See if you can match Bradshaw and Montana. Anybody coming out of college, let's see if you can match Bradshaw and Montana. Go for it. If you get to half of that, you're in the Hall of Fame. Yep. You're considered for Hall of Fame worthiness if you get to half of what Montana and Bradshaw. It's entirely possible that by this point next year, what was once considered half of Bradshaw and Montana worthy of getting to the Super Bowl the Pro Football Hall of Fame is just 25% of Brady. Just a quarter of it. What used to be half is now a quarter because of what he's done and how long he's doing it and how, how well he's doing it for how long he's doing it and how he's now switched teams at this age. He's a walking first. Everything he does is a first. Everything he does. When he starts a game this year, it's a first. The fact that he won last year was a first. Everything he's done is a first. He's going to pass Breeze and, uh, for the all-time passing yards as well. He will retire the all-time passing yards leader. And that should sit there for a very long time. Very long. Until Mahomes might try and run him down. So, when I say it changed today, his life, the Patriots' fortunes, Bob Kraft's fortunes, Bill Belichick's fortunes, the NFL changed 21 years ago today. And interestingly enough, the conversation is, is Mac Jones the second coming of this guy? (laughs) I know Mel Kuyper used that as a comp. You're going to hear that? And, you know, the problem is when you've been comped with Tom Brady is not, we're not comping your ability to win seven and go to ten. Okay? Right, I mean, right, that's insane.
2: Right. Your physical that's ability.
0: insane. That's insane. Because even the guys who are going to go in the Hall of Fame as first ballot guys, Breeze, Rodgers. paid Peyton
2: Manning in a couple
0: months. Just to name a few but i'm just talking about the ones one who just stepped away and the ones who are going at it i mean you take a look across the nfl right now you see aaron rodgers is a first ballot hall of famer yeah. you could have a conversation about russell wilson russell wilson could he wind up a first ballot hall of famer big ben's going to be a first ballot hall of famer i think so you could make a case that at some point if he keeps going the way that he's going patrick mahomes will wind up a first ballot hall of famer yeah. just cuz you see how great his talent is right
2: Matthew Matthew Stafford might be. The list list
0: is short. The list is short. Well, I mean, Stafford's got to win some titles here in Los Angeles. And he's got an opportunity, too. But it messes with everybody's head. I told you about the Tom Brady effect when it happened after he won the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson starts saying, is this the only way that it needs to be done for me? Aaron Rodgers has already had that. And wait till two weeks from today when we're talking about the Packers drafting another quarterback to back up (laughs) Jordan Love. You hey, we saw how much you love jeopardy we got to get another one could you imagine but you see what i'm saying is yeah, that it's course, messed with course. the heads of everybody
2: yeah I'm
0: whether course. it's like whether it whether it's like you know what i just saw tom at age 43 try it somebody else maybe I, I not this is not the only way that it needs to be done you know maybe someplace else that brings me in and says everything's all about you Which is what quarterbacks love to hear. While also saying they're a team player, which they all are. So he's changed all of it. And so when Mac Jones is comped to him, that's a tough one. But people are talking about his ability, his pocket presence, his arm, his neck up, his... Short passing game ability, well, to throw long. I mean, all of Brady's attributes about a quick game and also a deep game and a leadership skills. And, right, right. you know, he comes from Nick Saban stock and all of that. Even
2: physically, he's not shredded or ripped or jacked or anything. You know?
0: So those comps, if they are afforded to him, and he's commented about it like and has been sheepish in response, but boy, will they become quite something if he is in fact a 49er which is what Brady always wanted to be
2: or if he goes to New England
0: or if he goes to New England where Brady became TB12 oh my gosh something to think about as 21 years ago today that draft card was handed in and, and changed the world and every single wow. team hopes and that's why everyone loves the NFL draft and why it's a great sort of kaiser Zose uh, you know, trick. We won't know for years. But every time somebody's chosen like that, you think, did my team just get that guy? Did my team just have the gods drop Patrick Mahomes in my lap, Russell Wilson in my lap? Did that just happen? And then the answer is could be with the exception of the Jets because we know it's not going to be. <laughs>
4: Although one day, one day, one day,
2: yeah,
5: it'll happen. You
4: yeah, also as fans, you, I know Brockman and I do this. We'll sit there and we'll go draft year by year. And we go, man, this guy was taken. My team could have this guy or how And that's also a lot of fun too to sit back and go, what if? Yeah. yeah. Well, you got Dak know. now and he is special. Oh yeah. I don't, I'm not worried about quarterback. Special. You good. shouldn't we be good. You shouldn't by be. By the
2: way. And, and to that point, Dak fourth round pick. Yeah. Like they didn't know at the time that Dak was going to be. It took Tony Romo having a freak back injury well, to get Dak out there. Well, the,
0: yeah. and just to bring this all full circle, the to pick that happened 21 years ago today. Exactly. It took Mo Lewis blowing up Drew Bledsoe's innards to bring him out there. And then it took a coach to say Bledsoe's not coming back out there. Right. Mm-hmm. And he not only had to do it once, he had to do it twice. Yeah, the playoff he game. did it once during the regular season when Bledsoe did come back from his innards being blown up. And then he did it after Bledsoe was the one who came in for an injured Brady in the AFC championship game. And in the interim between that championship and the Super Bowl, Belichick had to. Even though it might never have been a question in his mind, the question was posed. And it was a rightful question. Do you go back to the kid or do you go to the guy that you had given all that money to to be the moment quarterback for this moment? And Belichick said, no. No guy that brought me here and a lot of that is forgotten when it's just like well Belichick was Belichick and everyone's running away from New England and and Tom had to go somewhere else to do it it's just a 20 year relationship 20 years is a long time in marriage let alone in football
4: good God 20 years doesn't happen in football like there's no No. there's nothing you can even gauge that again Mahomes and Andy Reid
0: would have to be together for another decade and a half. And then some. We'll take a break, hire register when we come back. We got some good ones. Happy anniversary, TB twelve. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least O O'Reilly Auto Parts helpful and the best of all friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at oreillyauto.com/eisen. That's oreillyauto.com/eisen.
2: This is the Rich Eisen Show. Show. <laughs>
0: You have two dogs.
2: Two correct. dogs,
6: yes. Okay. Billie Jean and Bob Costas.
0: Okay, now, let's walk <laughs> us through
6: here. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with all rescue dogs. We were just talking sure. about that. And <laughs> coincidentally, mm-hmm. they all had B names when we adopted them. And so when Andy and I got our first dog, we wanted to give her a bee name. And mm-hmm. so, of course, we were huge fans of Billie Jean, and Andy adores her knows her personally. So we named our dog naturally after Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. When we got our second dog, we just loved Billie and Bob, the idea of two dogs being okay. Billie and Bob. Sure. And so we tried to think of, like, a tennis Bob, you know, and... We thought of an Olympics Bob, Bob Costas. Well,
0: uh, you've never met Bob?
6: No, I have not. Okay,
0: is the actual real live Bob Costas on the
5: line here on the Rich Eisen? Yeah. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> are, you, are, are you there, Bob? Yes, and I'm just calling to check on my namesake. Hello, Brooklyn, <laughs> but really I'm more concerned with how my namesake is doing.
6: Hi, Bob Costas. I've, we've I never spoken before.
5: No, no, we haven't, and somehow you've managed, I'm sure, to house-train and take care of Bob Costas, and the canine Bob Costas is thriving, I trust.
6: You know, he has his good days and his bad days. House-trained is generous. You know, he occasionally leaves us a present on the couch. Um, I hope you don't do the same. Um, and he just got out of his cone last week, so oh. no, we are not doing a great job raising our Bob Costas, but, um, but he... <laughs> Is a wonderful, lovely fellow. I'm sure, much like yourself.
5: <laughs> and you know, much like myself, he has his good days and his bad days. And you know, Rich. Yes. Now that I'm no longer doing the Olympics, I'm not going to do the Super Bowl. This may be my single best ongoing claim to fame. <laughs> Andy and you know, Andy and Brooklyn have have a pup named after me.
0: Well, did you, were you aware, of Bob, of of the dog being named Bob Costas?
5: The first time I became aware mm-hmm. was when Brooklyn was a guest on The Tonight Show when Jay Leno was still hosting, and she dropped this bit of info on a breathless public, and I happened to be watching. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Come on. I had no idea. Right. That's so funny. True story. Are you offended or are you flattered? Because it can go both I, ways. I mean, English bulldogs are not attractive dogs. It's
5: okay. It may, it may, it may help my street cred in some small way. <laughs> so I can get.
6: I think they are beautiful, beautiful dogs, if that makes you feel any better.
5: Beautiful dogs. They they, they are. They are beautiful dogs. Mm-hmm. They don't seem like a perfect physical representation of me, but I'll take whatever you want to offer. It's all good.
6: And Bob Costas, I can only call you by your first and last name now. So if we meet in person, it will be, hello, Bob Costas. You must know that.
5: <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. Thank you, Bookland Decker. Well, I would say
0: Bob Costas, stay, but we're out of time, Bob.
5: Well, thank you,
0: Rich Eisen. He <laughs> also <laughs> you know, calls me Rich Eisen, Jim Brockmeyer. Jim yeah, thing. I'm on his podcast next week, Jim Brockmeyer. Oh,
2: nice.
0: Uh, okay, Eight four four two zero four. rich number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's take some phone calls here on our program. Uh, let's go to Cliff in Redding, California, where I used to do my television work hey, for really KRCR Television. What's going on, Cliff?
7: Yeah, um... I'm an 83-year-old man hey. I've been a Bay Area sports fan my whole life. Okay. Disappointed by all the teams in all those years mm-hmm. until the drafts came along. And uh, at 9 and we got a skinny young quarterback out of Notre Dame and the rest of history on that as yep. far as the, the 49ers go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Giants, well, one draft trip, Buster Crosby three championships later, we're in, sitting in heaven, man. Mm-hmm. And now we got Steph Curry. So we've got three draft choices that we picked up and boy we've just made winners out of them
0: no doubt about it I and mean, Steph's on a quite yeah, a run just, right now just yes sir.
7: Aside, uh, yeah. I was born and raised in Monterey uh, and uh, in 1975 I moved to a 160 acre ranch up in Big Bend which is about 60 miles outside of reading mm-hmm. And uh, there we had uh, three channels, 7, 12, and Mm 9. And the 7 and 9 were out of Reading, and 12 was out of Chico. Chico, yep. And and there on Channel 7 was a young sportscaster (laughs) that we watched quite a bit. And my wife, about three weeks in, told me, that guy's too good for this small mother. (laughs) (laughs) He's He's going places, and he's not going to be around much longer. And boy, was she
0: prophetic. Well, I loved it. I It was so, my my year and a half in, in the North State um, uh, was just amazing. I, I loved it there. Uh, I still love it there. I mean, you know, Mount Shasta, Mount Lassen, yeah. the coast yeah. to the, you know, obviously to the west, and. It's just a, it's a beautiful place. Uh, yeah. That's, uh, you know, I had, a, I had a lot of great times in. I panned and for gold. And Mike went Mangus is
7: still on Channel Seven as an anchorman on the regular news. Now, oh
0: my gosh, I love that man. He is, he is one of the <laughs> best <laughs> humans on the planet. I remember
7: him pl- mostly on the sidelines in high school football games with the camcorder on his shoulder.
0: Thanks for the call, Cliff. Send my best okay, to everybody. You, you got it. He's uh, named, is uh, somebody near and dear to my heart. His name is Mike Mangus. He was the yeah. main sports guy. I was the second. You know, I did the late news, the 11 o'clock weekends, and the 5 o'clock. He did weekend. the 5.30 and the 6.30.
2: Did you do weekends too?
0: I did weekends, yep. He's never told me. I've never asked. But I have to assume you could probably count the number of one, if not two hands, the number of times he probably saved my job <laughs> of the stuff I tried on the air.
2: <laughs> that sounds about right, knowing you. I still have your uh, your tape from back then. Mm. Your greatest hits somewhere in my house.
0: Yeah. Certainly, I could probably name the one time that my news director found my resume in the, uh, in the copy machine. That's one of them, I think.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Hey, we've all been there late night. It's just you. You're making photocopies of your resume and your clips. And
0: this is the way I'll make the transition here. It's like, I didn't know I was in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey. Let's do
0: higher register here on a Friday on the Rich Island Show, please.
2: There's a chance. The Rich Eisen shows. that there could be. Higher
3: register. Take of the week.
2: All right,
0: Chris, go for it. You're first up. Then TJ, I'll go. And, um, and then we'll have a good higher register Friday. We haven't done this in a, in a few weeks. Go for it, Chris. All
2: right, it was a big day here in Los Angeles. Fans were back at Staples Center. Now, the last sporting event that I went to was Lakers-Celtics more than a year ago. Fans returned to see the Celtics once again take care of the Lakers in Los Angeles, albeit a depleted squad. Totally understand. Boston has had a very troubling basketball season. Uh, COVID has hit the team. Jason Tatum still dealing with those effects, but he's been playing well lately. The team has been playing well lately. Ergo, the second hottest team in the league. Five straight wins, seven of its last eight. Now up to five in the Eastern Conference standings. Now, if you look at the top of the standings, every team of head of the Boston Celtics has question marks. Dare I say injuries? You know, legacy of not really performing well when it matters uh-huh. most. Guys, look, look out for the Boston Celtics in the East. Uh-huh. That's all I'm saying.
0: That's all right. saying. nice little West Coast string here too. Buzzer beater in Portland. Yeah. Gave up like a 21-2 run and still won by yeah, double digits last had night had here in the, in, out in the downtown night. Hoops Dojo. It's okay. Uh, we got that dub, though. Got the win.
4: Got I don't see w. any pictures in the standings.
2: 53 the other night for Tatum. 40 last night for Jalen Brown. Just, just look out for us in the East. What do
0: you got over there, TJ?
4: Well, Rich, um, I'm going to just come clean with you guys in here. I have a bit of an addiction. Oh. I, I know what Pookie from New Jack City feels like Uh-oh. right now, oh. and, it, and it goes back. It goes back to 2019 when Gary V was in the in the building, and he told us jump into the whole sports card bit, game, and I, and yeah. I did. You know Brockman and I went to a Target right up the street on Simpulvida. Yep, we bought a pack of Don a box of Donruss optic cards. Mm-hmm. For 49 bucks. Yep. We left 10 of them sitting on the shelf. You know what that <laughs> box sells for right now? What? $1,300. We could have had them all and we didn't. <laughs> and uh, right now, guys, what it is is I'm addicted right now <laughs> to collecting cards. But the thing is, there's so many. There's so much going on. Do I want Panini? Do I, do I want Don Rust? Do I want, you know, refractors? Do I want optics? Do I want a Joe Burrow? Do I want a Herbie? Do I want a Tua? Yeah. I've been spending a lot of money on this, Rich. And right now, I'm hoping this weekend... Maybe I won't spend so much money oh. on cards. <laughs> you know, it's just, you know, for every three-pointer Luca hits and for every Ronald Acuna home run, you know, and I, I think, do I want to open my Panini One box? Do I want to keep it closed? You know, do I want to get a second loan for an encased box? I don't know. Cha-ching. It's overwhelming, Rich, and I'm spending too much money. So maybe I should take a little break. Maybe. Does that mean he's not going to?
2: He's definitely not. Going nope. to okay, right good. Yeah,
0: uh, I'm going to go baseball with mine <laughs> oh, like and it's not it. my Yankees, not my Yankees yeah. at all. Um look, there's only five teams in the American League that are above 500. Yeah. The number of teams that are sitting there at 6 and 7. Yeah. Uh that seems to be the record du jour. So I'm going to talk about a 6 and 7 team that's you know only in last place because alphabetically that's what uh there's a three-way tie in their division at 6 and 7. Uh, they've got a ton of young players, and in terms of their attitude, their moxie, their 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 chest puffery, I think they're taking their on the um, attitude of their manager. They also just had somebody who we've been waiting to see their talent unlocked throw a damn near perfect game and no hitter. And a lot was made of this man's hiring because he's already in Cooperstown. And everyone's wondering, what in the world is Jerry Reinsdorf thinking? <laughs> but think so that. far, two weeks in, maybe Tony LaRouche is the perfect fit for the White Sox <laughs> all. <overall. laughs> Getting in scrums and second base. Wait till Roberto Perez steps in there, too.
2: They're feisty. And to think they're doing it without one of their best players, Eloy Jimenez, tore peck and is likely out for the year. Maybe he's the guy after all. Good one. Do you got one over there? I do. What you uh, I was here Monday, and I watched from home the rest of the week. Uh, great content. Stephen A. was great. Thank you. But what I took away from everything was, would you really let Del Tufo DJ your son's bar
0: <laughs> <laughs> Susie and I have talked about it. We have talked about it. I mean, here's how it would
3: go. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. <laughs> so you will listen to every damn word I have to say!
4: Amazing. The bar
2: mitzvah singer? <laughs> my man was working was playing these sound bites earlier today and I'm like, "What are you
4: doing, well Don Feller?"
3: <laughs> Sir, one more outburst, I will strangle you with my microphone wire, you know understand
0: <laughs> Um, now you're making me think second thoughts about it. <laughs> well done, Feller. Thank
2: well you. done everyone. Well done.
0: And he actually executed and we're getting off the air on time and it's not like, you know,
4: amazing. Buy some cards, Rich. Join this with us. Jump on board. Yeah, let's
0: go nuts. I got some other stuff going on this weekend. (laughs) We'll tell you about that hour three as well. Bucky Brooks, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, coming back. I'll be honest with you. It would be a budgetary situation. Like, we're already kicking tires on budget for food, budget on this, budget on that. makes sense. You know? It's bad, though, Rich. But I don't know if Mike is is attuned to what, you know.
4: 12-year-olds are listening (laughs) to right now? Have you ever heard oh, us argue about
2: music in the we morning? Ta-
4: wait a minute, I'm confused what we're talking about. We're, we're talking, talking about, about Del Tufo. Yeah. Del Tufo, okay. No, we're talking about Del Tufo. Welcome to the party, pal. What are you wearing budget? You know Mike will probably do it for a very reasonable price. I know that's what so. I'm talking about, but. But he'll play
2: nothing but the 80s. Because <laughs> uh, uh, if, if you listen every morning, that's the greatest decade of music ever. I mean, 1984. Yeah, uh, you can't do that. Yeah. You <laughs> could did. fit
0: three bar mitzvahs in between 84 right. and now.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, you know, with all due respect. Move on. let him do it (laughs) maybe find a different option by the way it's an addendum because
0: you know yesterday and i think hopefully we'll post this video later our conversation about music yesterday and how cooper has a spotify playlist that says good songs all clean
2: yeah you sent us a video so right of him Uh,
0: we 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 walked through this yesterday he said the reason why he he did this because i asked him Mm -hmm. Um, is based on a story you told about your youth. He said he doesn't want to get into trouble listening to songs with bad words on it.
4: Hey, smart sense. So smart he created boy. his
0: own playlist smart to boy. avoid the doghouse you apparently put yourself in years ago.
4: Yeah, thanks a lot, NWA.
0: <laughs> but he did go down his list, and a couple of the songs he said do have bad words in it. And I'm like, but that's not this list. It says good songs all clean on it, and thankfully another call came in because I think that was going to lead to the next question of is there a list of
7: <laughs> bad
0: songs, good songs, none of them are clean, all dirty. We are too live. Are those? That's like the 21st century version of uh, All Wheels No Brakes, right? Good songs, all clean.
2: He should just let Cooper DJ
4: him. <laughs> he might. He's really good at it. I was gonna it, say, actually.
2: like, and he knows what he his does know what his brother to. listens yeah.
4: to. Him. He's gonna uptown funk you up. You know what I mean? Right.
2: <laughs> exactly. Or hotel
4: f you up. Hotel. That's how he walked around. Is like a three year
0: old. Out of the mouths of babes, everybody. Our number three. Oh God, the Barmitsch for singer. Good one. That is terrible.